Greetings, listeners, and welcome to the Four Practices podcast. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church, and we are continuing our series on evangelization called How to Be a Witness Without Being Weird. Today's topic is the Father's Heart. So before we even get into what it looks like for us to do evangelization, for us to, to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, we want to start with God. We want to start with his perspective on this whole endeavor. And the simplest way to summarize God's heart in this is he's passionate about reaching people who don't yet follow Jesus Christ. Or as Jesus says in Luke 15, he's passionate about reaching the lost. Now that can sound like a pejorative term, and I don't mean it that way, and Jesus doesn't mean it that way. He means it in a descriptive way, in this sense, that a person who doesn't yet know God um, doesn't yet know um, their right place in the world, their true identity, and how they're to live uh, life. So they're kind of lost. They're kind of aimless. And he wants to restore people from that state to a state of being found, of not being lost, and knowing how to live life rightly before God. So how do we get this? Well, really, it's the story of the whole Bible. Um, it begins in Genesis 3.15. If you know your Bible, you know that in Genesis 3, this is where humanity first sins in the, in, in the sense that humanity first says no to God, disobeys God's command, and breaks a relationship or communion with God. And according to the biblical story, of course, all of us who are born are born into that situation. We're born separated from God. We're born out of communion with God. But God, from the beginning, wants to fix that. So in Genesis 3.15, he makes this very mysterious, uh, very kind of ambiguous promise about one day there'll be a descendant from the woman who will crush the serpent. And it hints at a restoration and a redemption from the sin. So from the very beginning, it's God's purpose to fix our sin problem so we can be brought back to him. Why? Because he loves all that he's made, and he loves each of us, and he wants us with him. And then the rest of the biblical story is simply pursuing that. If you jump ahead to Genesis 12, God calls Abram, and he says, I'm going to make a great nation from you, Abram, and then I'm going to bless every other family, every other nation in the world through you. I'm going to bring the blessing of the original creation. I'm going to restore everyone back to me, or people from every tribe, tongue, and nation back to me. So the story of the Bible that Genesis 1 through 11 are kind of prologue, and the real story starts at Genesis 12. It's all about God wanting to bring blessing back to every family on earth. That's his purpose. So he calls Israel and creates Israel to accomplish that goal, and then he raises up Jesus as Messiah, the Son of God, to finally achieve that goal. That's God's heart. That's God's passion. And then the Bible ends with a vision of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation before the throne of God. All sinners, just like us, who've been forgiven and restored and brought back to relationship with God. So that's that's the thrust of the whole Bible. In the middle of all that, there's three stories that Jesus tells. And I, and I mentioned the chapter that came from already, Luke chapter 15. There are three stories about lost things, a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. And the situation in Luke 15 is this. Excuse me. Jesus is eating with a group called the tax collectors and sinners. And in that context, 
um, those two groups of people are considered irreligious. Um, the tax collectors um, are people who work with Rome to collect taxes for Rome and were basically ostracized by the, by the Jewish religious community, <clears throat> seen as traitors. Some of them actually were cheats. Not every single one was, but even if they weren't cheats, they were considered traitors to the nation of Israel. And, you know, really on the outs with God from a lot of people's perspective. Then secondly, he's with sinners. Now, the word sinner here is used different than we normally use it. We use sinner the way St. Paul does in Romans, where he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In the sense that we all have a condition we're born with of being separate from God that leads to um, things in our life where we actually disobey and don't follow God's way. We're sinners, right? Here it's a more sociological term. It's a group of people that don't publicly practice the Jewish religion. It could be certain poor people that just feel rejected. It could have include um, you know, maybe prostitutes um, and everything in between. So it's people that either there's certain particular, from the perspective of the first century, egregious sins they're, they're living in, or they're just not plugged into like the synagogue and the religious life. So they're called, quote, sinners. And they're considered to be on the outs with God. And both those groups are groups that good, you know, religious people wouldn't spend time with. And the story begins, the chapter begins with Jesus eating with these people. And you probably know that in the first century, in the first century Jewish concept, context, to eat with someone is to basically say, I value you, I care about you, I affirm you, I want to be your friend, let's connect. It's a huge thing. It's still true. Today, we're a little more functional about it, but not totally. But then it was very much a, a public act of, of friendship, uh, love, community, and affirmation. So Jesus is doing this, and a group of religious leaders come along, and they're like, hey, Jesus, what is going on? You say you're a prophet, you say you're holy. How on earth can you eat with these people if you're really from God? So Jesus tells some stories. He tells three of them. Um the first two are short, the third one is long, but all of them are about a thing that is lost that gets found. In the first two stories, Jesus uses numbers to make his point. There's a lost coin and a lost sheep, and there are 100 coins and 100 sheep, and one coin gets lost, one sheep gets lost. The coin is in a house, and a woman is has lost the coin, and the way Jesus tells the story, she goes into a panic, and she does everything. She drops everything she's doing to search for the one coin. She knows she already has the 99. She's not worried about them. Her focus is on the one that's lost. Then the second story is the story of the, of the sheep. And a shepherd has 100 sheep, one strays. He leaves behind the 99, and he's in a panic focus to reach the one. He already has the 99. He's not worried about them. He goes after with all his energy, strength, and focus to reach the one that's lost. Jesus basically says, hey, religious leaders, you don't understand the heart and character of God. This is what God is like. You see, these people that you think God doesn't value or you don't need to worry about or spend time with, he's actually in passionate pursuit of them. That's his heart. And he's going out of his way to reach them. You belong to him already. And if you know him, what you should be doing, this is the implication, is following me and fishing for people, following me and pursuing the lost. Then he tells the story of the lost son. And this is more detailed, and it's really, if you know the story, 
um, the way it's told, Jesus really is critiquing his audience through this story, but it's the same principle. Um, there's a father who has two sons. One son takes the inheritance and leaves. The other son stays and is at least outwardly faithful um, in terms of loyalty and obedience to his father. And the story is the father waiting and longing for the lost son to come. The lost son comes to his senses. He comes home and the father runs to him and then throws a huge party, gives him excellent clothes and rejoices. It's as though he just ignores all the bad stuff because he so desperately wants his son to come home and be with him. And Jesus says, that's the heart of the father. He'll leave the 99 to reach the one. And the one who turns to him, he'll so be full of grace that his passion is just to welcome them and treat them like they never left at all. The lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. And in these stories, Jesus is essentially saying, this is the character of God. This is the heart of God. And so when you see me, you see the Father, therefore you see this. So as we think about the ministry of witness, as we think of um, uh, going out into the world to love and serve the Lord in, as faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ, we really start with the Father's heart, with God's heart, really, because the heart of the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one. And God is focused. He is focused on those who don't yet know him. He doesn't ignore those of us that do know him. Of course he loves us. He can't divide his love. It's not either or, it's both and. But as he calls us to follow him, um, he cannot but invite us to join him in what he's doing. And what he's doing is loving those who don't yet know Jesus and wanting to draw them to faith. And so, the, so as we begin this kind of series of lessons about being a witness, how to be a witness without being weird, we just want to ask, Father, uh, reveal your heart to us, press that truth deepen our soul, give us the same kind of value you have for those who don't yet know you. Um, may, maybe, you know, it's just, it's hard to value people who don't yet know Jesus. It's easy to be distracted and not think about that. Um, sometimes we, we're frustrated because it's hard to be a witness, so we just kind of give that up and we, we value only those who are in the church and we kind of divide God's heart. Um, but the truth is, God loves the church, Jesus died for the church, and the church is a witness to those that you know Christ. And then those who don't know Christ, when they come to know him, come into the church. So you just can't, you can't put these against each other. But I think oftentimes, I know in my life, it, this happens a lot, and it's probably common for many of us, we, we tend to give all our heart and energy, just like the religious leaders in in Jesus' time, maybe maybe not with the contempt for those who don't know the Lord yet, but we just we don't we don't give attention to it. It's hard. It's easy to just give attention to those who are around us, and and to neglect that side of God's mission. So, um, again, as we begin this series, how to be a witness without being weird, the first thing we want to just think about is the Father's heart, and I want to invite you to make this part of your prayer life. Maybe even at the end of this podcast, just take a few minutes if you're driving. If you're out working in the yard, if you're just sitting at home drinking a soda or coffee and listening to this, just take a few minutes and say, Father, um, I hear the words of Jesus. I hear what he says in Luke 15. Um, I pray that you give me your heart. I want to have that kind of heart that you have. 
maybe even put flesh to that and pull out your Bible and just read Luke 15 again and just ponder that and ask the Holy Spirit to just press that truth in your heart afresh and make you a person who who loves and cares about those who don't know Jesus just like God does. Hey, God bless. It's great to be with you. And I'm looking forward to getting another podcast out to you soon. Take care.